Welcome to Little Detours with Regina Brett, where we find meaning and even a little bit of magic in the mess of life. So in times of crisis, we will normally shut down and try to conserve energy and try to protect our being. And paradoxically, the opposite is the most beneficial. You want to open up to the flow between heaven and earth and your being. You want to become the universal energy. You want to become the biggest, brightest, most wonderful you that you can be. And even though there might be crisis around you, this is the most optimal way to handle the crisis, is to be in the fullness of you, returning to you, instead of being swept up in the crisis That soothing voice is Sarah Weiss talking about flow, not fear. Today, she's going to show us how to turn away from fear and return to our truest selves during this time of crisis. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Regina Brett. And Sarah Weiss is founder of the Spirit Heal Institute and the Enlightened Empath Training Program. She's a practical mystic who serves as a healer, shaman, spiritual mentor, medical intuitive, and retreat guide. She illuminates the path for those who are called to discover the light, depth, and power of the heart. I've been on several retreats with her that changed my life. They were mind-blowing. So good. Sarah is also an adjunct professor at Baldwin Wallace University. She teaches meditation and mindfulness to music, theater, and business students. But I like this description best. Sarah calls herself a spiritual grandmother. Who doesn't want that kind of love and connection? I know I do. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Hi, Regina. It's so nice to be with you again. Oh, you're such a, a calming, soothing voice when I need it most. I'm sure you're that for many people right now. Yes, I'm helping a lot of people go to sleep and calm down during their day. <laughs> so, Sarah, let's start with you. How has this pandemic changed your life? Well, it's kind of interesting. My life, I'm at home working during the day. You know, I work with clients over the phone. I'm on my computer. I'm working in a virtual world, both energetic and technological, a lot. So in a certain sense, my day-to-day has not changed. But the environment that I'm in right now, in terms of the amount of fear, panic, um, anger, uh, and kind of financial devastation uh, has really changed. So I personally am not the kind of person that likes to get swept up in fear and anxiety. I like run away from that as fast as I can, because I recognize that as something that I don't know from childhood. It was, it was a feeling that was around my family and I learned to not like it. And so as a result, I learned how to find a place within me that was not that place. That's interesting. So you also talk about, instead of kind of shutting down, I know we're kind of like closing the borders of ourselves and we're sort of closing up a little bit to where maybe we've closed off our heart. You talk about opening the flow and kind of opening ourselves to this. What does that mean to open ourselves to this? It's a wonderful concept, and it's something that takes a bit of cultivation. So people expect to be able to sit down and meditate or tune into energy 
like the one minute meditator, the one, one minute energy breather. And that's not a, a reasonable expectation. Turning within and finding that sacred refuge within ourselves takes practice, the same kind of practice that you would apply to learning an instrument, a craft, a science. It's the same kind of day after day application of practice. So some people right now are being faced with themselves for the very first time. I mean, we've been all running around very busy and occupied with everything in front of us, our families, our business, everything. And we haven't taken the time to find out who's inside. And so that's a little bit of a shock for people right now, learning to deal with their own thoughts, their own feelings, their frustration right now and their fear. So turning within is a step-by-step process, and it's really good to have a guide to help you do that. The same way if, if you were learning piano, you'd have a piano teacher. If you were learning some kind of art, you would have a coach. A coach is a very good person to have right now to help you turn within. So do you consider yourself kind of a spiritual coach, kind of like uh, blowing the whistle on the side, you know, meditate, meditate? I consider myself more of a teacher than a coach, actually. I have been a meditation teacher for 40 years now and was trained in the classical art and science of meditation from several masters. So to me, uh, meditation is an essential. It's an essential part of who we are as humans, that if we're always active all the time, we don't have the balance of the internal space. So imagine every time you get upset or anxious that you can actually say to yourself, I'm going to step inside my heart and my heart is this beautiful cave or beautiful meditation room or forest in the woods And I'm going to start breathing. I'm going to sit down in there. And within my own being is a resource that I never thought I had. And now is the time that you can find out about that. Now, the way you describe your heart, it sounds like this beautiful, wonderful place to be. But I know sometimes my heart feels like it's a lot of fear and a lot of sadness and a lot of stuff that I don't want to spend time with. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people from meditating is to sit with themselves is real uncomfortable at first. It really is. I mean, when you sit down and someone says to you, quiet your mind, and you have no idea what to do with all that spin that's going on in there and all the self-loathing and all the anxiety, this is not your true self. There is a person behind that that actually is a beautifully centered calm person behind there. These are all waves on the surface, but we are not trained to understand our consciousness in a skillful way. And it's about skill. So meditation can take us past kind of the rubble of, of all that fear and uh, resentment and, uh, and worry to you say to that kind of a calmer, quiet spirit person we are. Right. I mean, think about the earth. Think about um, an ocean. The waves are 
flowing on the ocean, they can get big, they can get quiet. The earth can be bumpy and gravelly, and then underneath it can be nice and smooth. We are just like nature. Our body, our being is part of nature. So everything that you see in nature, you can find within yourself. And that's a really interesting concept to apply to yourself because you're just as alive, as vibrant, as colorful, as a beautiful garden, but no one has pointed you in that direction. Everyone keeps pointing or reflecting back to you all the craziness, (laughs) right? Right. And so you need someone to say, okay, take a look at that beautiful daffodil or that beautiful rose and imagine that you have that with inside of you because you are part of nature. Your body works the same as nature does. It's exactly the same principles as nature. And we need to learn about that. And this is a great time to do that when you're kind of stuck at home. <laughs> you can't do anything else. <laughs> right, right. I love the way you paint that picture of that self, because I think that's the self I see when I look at my grandkids. There's this innocent joy and kind of they're they're little perfect beings. And I think we've lost touch with that in ourselves. We have. Our culture is not oriented in that direction at all. If you've been anywhere else in the world, uh, maybe Southeast Asia or somewhere that has not become completely westernized, There's a whole different value system where cultivating the inner life as well as the outer life and bringing them into harmony is the focus point, which has not been our focus point in this culture. We've been on the output for most of our last couple hundred years. So we're starting to change. I think that there's a a planetary movement now towards depth. Uh, and recognizing that we need to live in harmony with our surroundings and we need to live in harmony with ourselves. They go together. They really do. So when we talk about getting harmony with ourselves, how does a person start meditating? I, I know when I started years ago, there was so much noise I wanted to run away and I've been doing it for decades now. And I do it just because it helps me through the whole day to stay centered. But for somebody new at this, what would be a a good starting point? So I have a particular orientation for the way I teach meditation. And that's coming from me because I was the busiest, most fearful, most anxious, most crazy person you could imagine. (laughs) And I had to find a way to get through that. And I studied with many meditation teachers. We did a lot of breath work. We did a lot of mantra work. And yet I still couldn't quiet down. There was something different about me from everyone else that was sitting there on their pillows looking perfectly serene, and I wasn't. And so one of the things I discovered is that the best place to start is with relaxation. We expect to jump into meditation in a quiet mind without preparation. So the same way that you would not run a couple miles without stretching, you don't jump into meditation without preparation. And that preparation actually is relaxation. And I would say the biggest barrier to to meditation is not knowing how to relax. And so 
I go went back. I went back to learning the progressive relaxation meditation that we were all learning in the 60s, you know, where you squeeze and release each muscle. And as I got into my body and feeling the relaxation that came with intimately connecting with my body, I began to tune into a more subtle realm that had to do with the body, had to do with the earth. And it, it's characterized by chi, by the energy, the, the chi from qigong and tai chi. And there is this essential energy that runs through everything that's alive. And when I started to feel that in my body and I feel, felt it connecting with the earth, and I felt it out in nature, and I felt it in a beautiful spring, I realized that we are connected and can be connected to a beautiful revitalizing energy that was so entrancing to me. It totally entranced me, and that quieted my mind. I was able to focus on something so delightful that my mind got quiet. So there is the principle that if you focus on something that absorbs you, so it it will quiet your mind and help you become one-pointed, okay? So you know when you're reading a book that someone's yelling, Regina, Regina, and you're so engrossed in the book, you don't even hear them. That's the same kind of inner enchantment that you want to have to help smooth out the mind. You're not quieting it. You're smoothing it. You're focusing it. You're giving it something to immerse in. And eventually you become totally immersed in your inner space and you discover so much that's there. You discover this love that you have for yourself first which is the last thing Western people have. I mean, they're, they're running off with the self-hatred and self-loathing, like no get out. I love the idea of calling it inner enchantment. If you didn't call it meditation, you just said, do you want inner enchantment? Who's going to say no to that? Right, right. That's what it really is. It's it doesn't becoming, matter how you sit or where you sit or the, the, like the physical, actual mechanics of meditation. The most important part is being relaxed. So there's been this huge image of sitting cross-legged and with your spine straight and being in this kind of yogic pose. And I think what that does a disservice in a way because not everyone can sit like that. And some people are more comfortable sitting in a chair. Some people are more comfortable lying down. All of those are very... um, capable meditation poses, let's say. The most important thing is relaxing. So you could be re- lying down and you can relax. Now, now here's the issue. We have been trained to relax just before we fall asleep. That is the only time Americans actually relax. <laughs> It's so right. It's the only time we allow ourselves to relax. Right. So when you learn how to relax at first, we you usually just fall asleep, which is lovely. 
people need sleep right now. So if you relax and fall asleep, I consider that a great meditation. I really do. (laughs) Um, Eventually, you'll learn how to relax and enjoy being in a relaxed state. That sounds beautiful. Well, we're at the halfway mark, so I just want to pause for a second, and I want to thank you for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett and to our guest, Sarah Weiss. I know you have many podcast choices, and I'm most grateful that you chose to listen to mine. Sarah, um, I want to move from meditation a little bit just to have you share how you got this life calling. You had a whole different field of work, and tell us what happened to you. You had quite an experience that shifted everything. I've had lots of experiences. (laughs) Um, I was actually born a mystic, which is an unusual thing for an American person to say. But um, the first six months of being a baby, I was not on this planet. I was off playing with my light being friends and had no idea that I was in a body. And one day when I was around six months old, and I remember this vividly, I saw a shadow come in front of the light. And eventually the shadow turned into my mother and boom, I was on the earth and I was in a body. Now, I never lost touch with that realm of light because I was just so enamored with it and loved it so much. It felt like home. And so I've always had this little, you could almost say like a little bouncing ball of light that's always in front of me saying, I'm still here. I'm still here. Focus on what you've got to do on this earth, but I'm still here. And I feel blessed to have that reminder in front of me all the time because I would feel so abandoned here if I didn't have that light. So then I had to figure out, okay, there's this realm of light and then there's this realm of earth and how do they go together? Right. Right. So as I started to walk, talk, um, I found that at night when I would go to sleep being two, three years old, I could be in the earth plane all day and then kind of take off at night. And <laughs> I, I really would leave my body, go off. Oh, on without a, leaving home. <laughs> right. Right. And, and go off into my other realm. So by the time I was a teenager, Um, I was still doing this. This was a constant throughout my life. And when I was about 19, I was in college at the time, and I was um, a photography major in art school. And I went out to the woods to go do some photography. And I got in my car. I stepped on the earth right before entering the forest, and my feet got stuck to the ground. It was like being in moon boots. It was, I I couldn't move my feet. You know what that reminds me of is when uh, you touch something that's got electricity and it's not grounded and you get stuck to it, the energy. Right, right. And I got stuck there. And luckily there was no one else around because I looked pretty weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was like frozen. And I started feeling my feet. And I felt my feet root down into the earth very, very deeply. And then I heard Mother Earth speaking to me. And she said, she really said to me, she said, you need to walk softly on this earth. I'm here with you. You're rooted in my heart. We're here together. 
I will never leave you. I'm alive. You're alive. We're here together. And I stood there for 20 minutes, not moving, feeling her energy, her love encompassing me and helping me feel comfortable in my body. It was the first time I felt totally, totally comfortable in my body, knowing that I was held by her. And I believe that this is the way indigenous people live, that connected to a living earth. You've made it part of your career, so to speak, to help people get grounded. You have an introduction to grounding ebook on your website, spiritheelonline.com, and I'm going to have a link to that online. And in this you wrote, there are two things I remind myself to do several times a day, to ground and to smile. I drop down into my feet and feel the connection between my body and Mother Earth. I, I think so many of us haven't done that in so long. We, we wouldn't even know how to, how to remember to take our shoes off and walk barefoot on the grass. Right. Yeah, there is an earthing movement going on now where people are being invited to really take off their shoes and walk on the grass. I preferred to figure out how to do this no matter where I was, whether I was up in an airplane on the 55th floor of a building or in my house, because I didn't want to be without it. So how does one do that? You, you wrote that the practice of grounding offers a rooted resiliency, safety, and clarity when I'm overwhelmed and confused. I think we're all feeling overwhelmed and confused. So tell us, how do we ground anywhere? Okay. So the very first thing is you need to feel your body. And we need to feel the lower part of the body, your seat and your feet. Now, to get to the lower part of your body, which is usually out of our spectrum of consciousness, we're usually up here. We're in the thinking realm. We're not in the sensing, feeling realm. So we want to breathe down into the body, and it feels like first like you're breathing, just regular breathing, and then you bring your awareness to sinking down into your body. So you might start at your head, you might start at your shoulders, come down. You're going to lower yourself into your body till you feel yourself sitting or feel your rear end. (laughs) If you're standing or lying down, there's no delicate way of saying this, but you need to come in contact with that whole pelvic belly area. Now here's the trick. In our culture, we are so ashamed of this area of our body. There has been so much abuse. There has been so much shame inflicted on this part of our body. And I consider this a way of disempowering people. If you inflict abuse and if you shame people from being fully in their body, You are taking away their power. How could you run without having those muscles? You need the energetic space as well. And so you need to be able to feel the fullness of that belly. And in order, when you relax, your behind actually spreads out. You have to let yourself do that. (laughs) You have to be okay with that. It's so good to hear you talk about 
the reason many of us aren't connected to that. I was on a, um, a day-long meditation with you, a, a summer solstice. And I remember we sat in a circle and it was about being grounded. And there was a part of me that really resisted being in my body because as a child, I'd been abused. And so it was always safe to leave my body, but to come back to it and stay. And we rooted the, the uh, statistics show that like one out of three women have been abused as a child, maybe even higher at this point. I think but it so is. many of us have left, especially like you said, from the waist down, we don't go into that part of our body. There's so much shame. So to get grounded, we have to almost break through this barrier. So how do we do that? How do we kind of puncture that? Like we have a glass ceiling above, there's almost like a glass Right. <laughs> That's a great way of saying it. It's, it's nudging into that space inch by inch. There's something very interesting that happens. It feels like you're, you're just inching into your body when you do this. Okay. And every inch that you go in, there's a, an amount of safety and intimacy with self that arises. Now, if I would say, if you've been severely sexually abused, that you would want to have done some healing on this and been able to reclaim your power from that situation before you do too much of this type of work. Okay. But I find that most people can over time reclaim this area of their body. Now, why is this important? First of all, that's what connects you to the earth. You have legs, you have a belly, you have a behind, and you're not walking around with little stubs at your diaphragm as your little, it's <laughs> your way, way of walking around. So we have this energetic connection from the earth that comes up through our legs and empowers us. It's a very, that physical chi that I was talking about. And when we get sourced by this chi, which some people feel in qigong and tai chi practices and yoga practices, when we get sourced by that, we have an inner strength that translates to emotional strength, mental strength, and balance. Mm -hmm. So we begin working with this physical chi first. And if people want to just feel their feet and seat right now, while they're listening to that, they may be able to tune into that and feel a little tingle running through their legs or a little tingle on their feet or a little heat or a little coolness, uh, like a cool stream running through them. So this is what begins the enchantment with who we are as energy beings. So as we practice this little by little, we come to fall in love with this feeling of being alive. Sounds beautiful. And it's Who a practice. Want that? Wow. I know. So I do have many free recordings on my website. People can go to and be guided through this. They can download them for free, uh, use the meditations to guide them in this practice. Yes. You, if you go to spiritheelonline.com, there are free eBooks. You have a great blog, guided meditations. You offer so much for free. You're, you have such a generous spirit with this. I, I feel like you're this channel and the spirit just keeps sending more stuff out in the world from you for all of this. You know, I wish we didn't live in a financial society. I would just be serving, helping all the time. You know what I mean? I just love sharing the, the material. Well, and you offer 
so many other services. I mean, the retreats you've been, you've taken people on. I went to the one in uh, Mount Shasta a few years ago, and it was just incredible. And to do uh, an energy reading, a light reading, you, I'm amazed that you can read people's energy, even from a phone call. You've transformed my life, a few people in my family by doing that. So I wonder for somebody just kind of starting out here, what is their best place to start after they finish listening today with kind of grounding or meditation? What would be the one best tool or tip you could give that new person? I would say for a new person, an individual session with me would be a great way to start because I can help individualize. We do do a whole lot in a session. We do clearing, healing, opening up, um, uh, helping you come uh, in alignment with yourself and then with suggestions of how to proceed, what kind of practice would be helpful for you? What kind of physical healing do you need to embark on? What kind of issues in your life would be up front? Because meditation is not something that makes us bypass life. Meditation brings us into life. So if there are things that we have wanted to forget about or avoid, they're going to come up when you reconnect with yourself. But the idea is, is that you build this inner resource that is you. You are the resource. And with that resource, you will enjoy embracing and releasing what you have been avoiding. So it's not about pushing something in front of someone's ha- a face. It's about building the center resource. So I have that. And then um, I have some introductory classes. Uh, a lot of the classes I'm doing right now have to do with empaths. And we haven't talked about that. Maybe we, this would be a good place for that. Well, you know, that probably would take an entire show because you've done so much with it. And we're near the end of this show. But okay. the idea of the empath being people who are highly sensitive, who are uh, have almost a vulnerability that the rest of the people don't have. Yes. So just briefly, um, approximately 15% of the people are, are very empathic. And being empathic means that you can feel another person as if it's yourself. So if a, a person is having a pain in their knee, you might have a pain in your knee. Or someone's feeling depressed, you'll get depressed around them. It's a nervous system brain configuration. There's a bit of synesthesia, a bit of um, magnetite, more magnetite crystals in the brain. There's a whole bunch of research that's being done on the empathic personality right now. The problem is people have not known that they were an empath and they've lived a life extremely confused and overwhelmed because there was no name for what they were experiencing no acknowledgement that their sensitivities were real. They're usually dismissed. Well, I so, think it'd be great to do really to do an entire show on. Uh, I know that my whole life I've been told you're too intense. I'm like, it's how right? I'm paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's, let's save that for another show. But Sarah, as, before we leave here, I want to make sure people know how to connect with you. Uh, you're on Facebook at Spirit Heal Institute, Instagram, uh, YouTube. So then go to your website, spiritheelonline.com and connect with you and all your social media that way. That's probably the easiest. Yes. And I will be having a new website coming up on over the next month. So if anything glitches on the website, just try again. <laughs> and you're also going to start a podcast. Can you tell us about the little sneak preview? Yes. Uh, it's called the Earth Love Spirit 
podcast. And it's going to be centered around embodied spirituality, how we bring spirit and earth together into our lives, and all the dimensions of that. There, all the energetic, spiritual, um, empathic, creative. I mean, I consider creative energy the same as spiritual energy. So all the ways that we bring earth and heaven together into our lives, that's going to be the focus of the podcast. So that'll be starting up in about a month. Okay, super. I want to thank you for joining us, Sarah. Uh, My biggest takeaway today, that you are the resource to inner enchantment. I'm going to call it inner enchantment instead of meditation. I love it. I'm going to do that too. (laughs) Beautiful. Sarah, I want you to close us with your answer to this question. What is the best thing you do for yourself every day to create a life you love out of the life you have? It goes back to connecting with Mother Earth and smiling. Ah, beautiful. Thanks so much for that. I love that. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. If you want to know more about today's guest and topic, head to my podcast page at reginabrett.com. There you can also subscribe to my email newsletter so you never miss an opportunity to be inspired. For more episodes, you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review my show so we can reach and inspire even more people. Thanks for joining us today. Now go make something possible.